0: What is consciousness? In this episode, Dr. Nader answers the question about what consciousness is and its role. We typically experience life from the surface level, but much like the vast, expansive ocean, there's a deeper, more profound reality inside each of us. That is the reality of our mind, our intellect, our ego, our true self. Dr. Nader explains that everything we dream about, plan, and desire emanates from consciousness and is an expression of our consciousness. So there is a field, and that field is a field of pure
1: being, pure consciousness. And it is that field which appears as many. It appears as many. How does it do that? This is some of the Vedic science that Maharshi teaches. So the reality we are going to say is consciousness. Why? First because all this bragging about physical reality and all the physicists spending trillions and trillions of dollars looking into matter and what is matter made of and how it is made of and how it works led us to Planck telling us there is no matter. There is nothing physical, it's something beyond. All this quantum mechanical and quantum field research tell us you need an observer or you need an interaction so that the objects appear as they appear and collapse as they collapse. Okay, so matter doesn't really kind of is as we thought it is. It depends on an interaction, on an observer. But we all agree, you know, that there is flowers on this table but it's because we have similar apparatus, we have similar consciousness, we are together, and that is the reality of our observation. But the essence of this material depends on us observing it to actually collapse into what it is. I am a little bit expanding the idea, it's much more complex than this, but we have to illustrate it this way. The bottom line is truly that everything is an ultimate field and that what we call matter depends on the interaction between us and the other aspects of that field which collapses into what we call reality. So from the perspective of physics and physical reality, this is what we find. From the perspective of consciousness, what we find is this is the one thing we can be sure about. This is the only one thing we can be sure about is that we are conscious. That thing which is so amazing and so complicated to analyze physically and scientifically is the only thing that we as humans can be sure about. We are sure that we are conscious. When we are not conscious, nothing exists. We are not observing anything, you know. Who tells you that when you fall asleep, the whole universe doesn't go into into non-committed, existential, pure being? The moon vanishes, the earth, the universe goes away, all your friends, relatives, the tables, the house is gone. Who tells you? You tell yourself when you wake up in the morning, if somebody wakes you up, you look at it and you see it, it's there. But who tells you that you have not just created it and recreated it, and you recreate it all the time? I'm saying this as a bit of an exaggeration. But just to illustrate the point and to open and broaden our awareness about reality and non-reality so we are not caught into a, between quotation mark hard and fast reality and that we know we can do anything, change anything, transform anything from the level of consciousness. So what is consciousness? if we want to go back and answer the question, what is consciousness? And I have written an article in a mathematics journal and the title of the article was Consciousness is all there is. Consciousness is all there is. There is nothing else. Consciousness is all that there is. Now, does it mean the table doesn't exist? Does it mean the moon does not exist? Does it mean that I as an individual entity, personal qualities and personal abilities does not exist? No, it doesn't mean at all that we don't exist, we exist. But what we are made of is consciousness. The stuff of reality is consciousness. This is a proposal. Now, it is complicated to try to say how then this consciousness creates this or makes this appearance as matter. See, we have turned the problem around. The problem was, how does matter create consciousness? You start with some elementary particles, they come together, they create you know, atoms, molecules. Then the molecules come together, they create cells, the cells come together, they create tissues, the tissues create organs, then organ systems, we have a brain, very complex and electrical activity in it, and this brain creates consciousness. How can it create consciousness? This is the question which eludes every scientist and every philosopher. And then the philosophers were saying, okay, let's solve the problem, by saying there are two things. There is the spiritual reality, the consciousness side, and there is the material reality, two different things. This is Descartes, Descartes dualism. There are two things and we solve the problem. But the question is how these two things talk to each other? You know, how do they happen to be able to to communicate? One is non-material, one is material. How does the material talk to the non-material? And how the non-material spiritual or consciousness side, can talk to the material. That's the crux of the problem. So the scientists said, well, let's eliminate then consciousness. Because material then creates consciousness, somehow one day we will find out. Or consciousness is just simply an illusion. That's one problem, one way to solve the problem. But we are not happy with this because we just said the only thing we are sure of is consciousness and the physicists are telling us matter doesn't exist. So what are you talking about? How can that which does not exist, matter, create that which either exists or doesn't exist or there is nothing that exists, you know? That is where the illusion and all these things comes. Maya, they call it. That is one way to look at the problem. But if you look at the problem the other way around, You say, Consciousness creates matter, then you also have a problem, how can Consciousness create matter? How is it possible for Consciousness to create matter? If matter cannot create Consciousness, we have a simple solution. We say, Consciousness creates matter. But then we have a new problem. How does Consciousness create matter? Because matter, we see it, it's there. It's real, okay, we touch it. Our consciousness is touching, is feeling. So we can't say we're living in a 3D holographic universe. We could, but, you know, it's, it's really, really there. We feel the pain, we feel the joys, we feel everything. And there is a mechanism by which consciousness creates what looks like matter. The mechanism is based on the nature of consciousness. What is the nature of consciousness? What is its essential nature?
0: To expand?
1: Um, well, you could say, but when you say consciousness, why should you say to expand, you know? Why should it expand? Expansion is a phenomenon, and it's not obvious that this phenomenon is part of being conscious. What's the nature of consciousness? To be aware of It's called consciousness, you know, for some reason. We could have called it uh, love or we could have called it uh, passion or and the essence of life is bliss or whatever. Which is fine and we'll find that these are real and they exist (laughs) in consciousness. But when you say consciousness, we are saying it's something that is conscious, to be conscious. So the nature of consciousness automatically means It is to be conscious, okay? What is it conscious of? Of itself. Because there is nothing but consciousness, it is only capable or able to be conscious of itself, because there is nothing else to be conscious of. But here comes a phenomenon where consciousness now is seeing itself as an observer and an observed. Without an observer and an observed, you are not conscious of anything. You don't know anything. To know something, there must be a knower and a known. Here are the flowers, here are myself, is myself, (laughs) and I am looking at the flowers, then I know the flowers, I see the flowers, the flowers are there. I have no connection with the flowers whatsoever, like through my eyes, because it's very dark. I cannot tell the flowers that that the flowers exist. So to have an experience, you need an experiencer and an experienced, an object of experience. Because without an object of experience, there is no experience. There is nothing to experience. Without a subject who is experiencing, there is no experience also. And without a process that links the observer to the observed, there is no experience either. So what do you need in order for any experience to happen? You need a subject, an object, and a process that links the subject to the object. Between quotation mark, this is why our phrases are made out of subject, verb and object because the universe is built like that. But this we can come back to later. Okay, this is our logic, this is how we think, this is how the reality is. So, when there is nothing but the pure being, this pure unbounded consciousness, but its nature is to be conscious, what does it do? It reflects on itself, because there is nothing else. But by the process of reflecting on itself, it creates a break of symmetry in the sense that it now can see itself as an observer, or can see itself as an observed, or can see itself as a process that connects the observer to the observed. So from unity you have trinity, you have three values. Observer, observed and process of observation. So there is one reality that sees itself as three values. So the three are, are they different from the one? No. There is nothing else. There is absolutely nothing else. But there is a perception, a point of view that makes this one value, see I can be an object, I can be a subject, and I can be the process connecting the subject to the object, the link between the two. Okay, now the question comes if I put my shoes in the subject's, if I put my feet in the subject's shoes, how is the subject seeing things? Because now we have a colored perception. It's a colored perception. There is a perception of the one infinite, unbounded, pure existence, pure consciousness which sees things from its own self, as sees itself as observer, observed, and process of observation. Knower, knowing, and known. Subject, object, and process. It sees these three values. And it also sees the difference between them. Because they are there, it sees the difference. It's nature of consciousness to be conscious. If it's conscious of itself, it's also conscious that there are three values. So what we are adding here is a discriminative quality. What is discrimination? The ability to discriminate is what we call usually intellect. We are also adding a quality of identity because the object is different from the subject, is different from the process. Therefore, the object has an identity, the process has an identity, and the object has an identity. So there are three egos, if you like, that have emerged from the one absolute reality but it's all on the level of perception, it's all on the level of experience, on the level of the nature of consciousness knowing itself. Yet we have created an ego and we have created the principle of intellect which is discrimination. What is the intellect? The intellect is the power to discriminate, the power to see that This is red, this is blue, this is a flower, this is a table. The ability to discriminate or dissociate or identify is the intellect. So now the intellect sees three values. Intellect means the same consciousness. It sees three values and we can say it asks itself if I go and put my feet in the shoes. This is a correct expression? of the subject how is the subject seeing things huh it's like oh i could see things from different perspectives i could see things from the perspective of the subject or an object or a process but the perspective of the subject is different from the perspective of the object so what is the perspective of the subject on the process on the object and on myself so this creates new shade of perspectives and like this From shade to shade you get into a cascade of shades, of perception. You take red, blue and green and you mix red with blue, you get purple, purple or violet depending how much. (laughs) If you put uh, red and green you get yellow, correct? (laughs) So, it's good you're awake. So, now you take the yellow and put it with this one, and put this one with this one, and you generate infinite number of shades and hues of colors, correct? That's all there is. That's the whole story. <laughs> the, difference is, the difference is that if each color or each new perspective forgets that it is part of the whole, then you get separate identities. Separate identities mean individual realities. And so all that we all are is just different perspective of infinity on itself. Some are very narrow perspective, some are very broad perspective, and when we transcend we see the full perspective of the original infinite unbounded pure consciousness. But it's all a question of perspective. It's all a question of subjects looking at objects and the process in between them. And that's what creates a reality. So what is reality? Reality is a subject, object and process coming together. Either on the big primordial level as we have seen, or on any level of these other perspectives. Okay, when we say John sees Jane, John is the subject, sees is the process, Jane is the object. When we say Jane sees John, Jane is the subject, John is the object, sees is the process. When they come together, they create a moment of experience which we can call a bit of consciousness, B-I-T, a small bit of consciousness. That bit of consciousness is reality. If they are not coming together or nothing comes together there is no physical reality. This fits very well with quantum mechanics and fits very well with physics and fits very well with understanding in modern terms and modern times of the interaction between the observer and the process of observation and the observed. So, how come we feel like we are individual, we are different, we are completely independent and all of that? It's because the perspectives have to be true perspectives. And so in order to have a true perspective, the individual perceiver, the subject of expression or experience, assumes an independence from other subjects who are also experiencing and therefore feels individually separate and different. Whereas we are all one thing, pure absolute being, pure consciousness. But we happen to be caught in one kind of perspective of consciousness on itself. Some are limited perspectives, some are wider perspectives. When we transcend and expand our awareness and reach higher states of consciousness, we reach the true perspective. We find, ultimately, that's what we call the highest states of consciousness, unity consciousness. What is unity consciousness is you find that you are everything. So, we are all a perspective of consciousness on itself from different, different angles, different, different points of view. So, what is the table then? What is the table made of? It's made out of consciousness. And it has its own perspective on everything now the table is not like us it doesn't maybe feel i shouldn't be sitting here what's the going on you know <laughs> this guy's you know putting his hands on me and <laughs> it doesn't have that level of consciousness because we have a gradation between infinite consciousness unbounded consciousness which is the pure being consciousness and we have almost zero consciousness when it comes maybe to a little atom or to a little molecule or something. So, when we say things are made of consciousness, it doesn't mean if you throw a stone it's going to be kind of crying and scared that what's going to happen to me, I'm going (laughs) to fall on the ground. (laughs) Its consciousness is so limited that it is just conscious of what? Of gravity. It's conscious of the feel of gravity, between quotation mark, but does not analyze gravity like we do, does not think like we do, does not feel like we do. You know, it's a gradation. If you take a plant, it is more conscious of more things than the stone. Its consciousness maybe takes in the, red, the light, it's conscious of the light, it's conscious of the humidity, it's conscious of the nourishment that comes from the roots, it's conscious of the wind, because it moves with the wind, it responds to the wind. So that consciousness is very, very limited, but a little more than the stone. You take your cat or your dog, they're conscious beings they're much, much more conscious than a flower or a tree. They're not as conscious as you, but they might have feelings, they might have a kind of identity. Not all the animals have sense of identity. Research has shown that some animals, you know, when they see themselves in the mirror, they think it's some other animal. You know, they start playing with it or fighting with it. But there are animals like the dolphins, they immediately realize that it's themselves. So they have a little higher level of consciousness. So all of these are gradations of gradations and gradations of consciousness. I gave this talk at uh, Stanford University, they invited us for uh, consciousness. It was called Hacking Consciousness. It was selected as the best iTunes whatever something. (laughs) <laughs> and um, after explaining all this and going into some mathematics, I asked a questions to the students because they were taking it for credit. It was a credit course. And the question was, who has consciousness among these things that I'm listing on the screen? And I listed you know, anything from a human being to an animal, animals to different animals to different things, the stone, this and that. And, um, you know, some who have been listening to the lecture, they said, all of them have consciousness. And I said, no, actually, no one has consciousness. Everyone is consciousness. It's something that you don't just possess, it's something that you are. This is what we are made of. It's like taking a bracelet and saying, this bracelet is made out of gold. So the material is gold and the bracelet is made out of gold. So the gold can make a bracelet, can make earrings, can make a pendant, can make a key, can make a statue. And all of these are made of the same material. When we look at it, we say it's a little statue, or it's a necklace, or it's a ring. And it's all gold it's all gold, but it shapes itself, it modifies itself, it adjusts itself to look like an object which has its own identity, which is different from the basic material as if that it is made of. But consciousness is who we are, is what we are, is all there is, one unbounded ocean of consciousness in motion. And so, All of these shades of consciousness, we are caught by them in these different perspectives. The perspective of Mary, the perspective of Elizabeth, the perspective of John, the perspective of David. These are different perspectives, different perspectives of consciousness on itself. And if we think that they are independent of the reality of the unbounded consciousness, then we fall into the illusion, the maya. This is the term, if you hear maya, the term maya in Sanskrit means illusion. And people talk about maya as if the world does not exist. It's all a maya, it's all an illusion. That's not what it really means. The world actually exists, it is there. But the maya is that the table, the flower and myself from the material that we are made of are different. Actually we are all one unbounded consciousness with its different perspective. So we are different, of course, but we are not different in essence. We can say the ring, the necklace, the statues are gold. They are gold. But they have a structure which differentiates them into a specific object. So that is the story of consciousness as we can see it from the Vedic perspective, from the knowledge that Marshi has passed on to us. And that is important because our techniques, our education focuses on developing consciousness. And developing consciousness means raising our life to greater understanding, a greater perspective and greater fulfillment. And the purpose of life, the purpose of living, the purpose of doing this is to actually go back to that infinite state of pure awareness, pure being. This is where fulfillment is because we then experience totality, experience wholeness and live in fulfillment which is the experience of bliss, the experience of happiness. Why? Because then there is nothing missing, then there is nothing lacking you know, is again about knowing oneself, loving oneself, understanding oneself and not letting oneself think that I am just that individual with those problems, with those qualities, with those difficulties, and I wish I was like this and I would love to be like that, etc. But knowing oneself to be that infinite, unbounded ocean of being And it doesn't matter that there are circumstances and situations, these we can overcome if we have broader awareness, greater understanding, greater comprehension, which comes from not being narrow in our awareness, not being restricted in our consciousness. Restriction allows us only to experience that much, only to know that much, only to be that much, and openness grandness of reality of who we are opens to us the unified field and therefore allows us even on the physical on the surface level to live life in greater fullness and greater happiness and greater achievement
0: thank you for tuning into dr tony nader the podcast and if you're interested in learning more from dr nader please follow him on facebook twitter instagram and youtube